welcome to Change Redefining Success, the podcast designed to inspire you and give you actionable information to enhance, up-level, reimagine, and reinvent your life and your livelihood. I'm your host, first-class life mentor and certified Profiting From Your Passions coach, Kate Fessler. My guest today is Sharon Haver. Sharon is a New York fashion stylist turned internationally recognized fashion, beauty, and style expert, personal brand success strategist, speaker, author, bootstrapping entrepreneur, and founder of FocusOnStyle.com, where she shares her fashion stylist tips online since 1999. Sharon teaches women who want to succeed how to look their best in a way that's relatable so that they can confidently be on top of their A-game to earn and deserve six-figure paydays. Her new podcast interview series, Seven Days to Amazing, explores how to make your life, business, and style even more amazing each week. Just as style is a sum of its parts, having an amazing life is well-balanced in all aspects from your style, your business, your beauty, your world. It all comes together in a way that best reflects your true happiness and success. Kickoff guests include Carson Kressley, Allison Levine, and Catherine Weber. Her new book, Style Word, Fashion Quotes for Real Style, is a stylist express for high-impact style and fashion advice that gets to the point. She is also the creator of the Say Chic Crash Course and other educational programs to elevate your image. Sharon entered the styling profession because she felt a boost in her self-confidence when she dressed in a way that not only flattered her figure, but created a rich look on her modest budget. She wanted to share that feeling of personal triumph with others rather than the fantasy that she was creating on photo sets. Because her heart is with the everyday person like you and me. Sharon shared her behind-the-scenes insider tips and tricks in her Scripps Howard News Service fashion advice column that was distributed to 400 newspapers each week. The print column, in combination with her BBA degree in marketing and entrepreneurial spirit, led the way for bootstrapping FocusOnStyle.com, now in its 18th year online, way before the job description fashion blogger was coined. All this has brought Sharon a wealth of opportunities, including starring as herself in her own national Macy's TV commercial and headlining an anthology lifestyle book alongside other writers like President Jimmy Carter and Gloria Steinem. As a fashion and style expert, Sharon has been featured in hundreds of television, radio, print, and online media, such as Real Simple, CNN.com, Martha Stewart Radio, Oprah.com, L Magazine, WeightWatchers.com, The New York Times, The Los Angeles Times, WebMD, DisneyFamily.com, and many more. Wow. Welcome, Sharon. So excited you could join me today. Hey, thank you, Kate. I'm thrilled to be here. Let's go back a ways. Did you always know you wanted to have a career in beauty and fashion? How did that come about? Oh, gosh. Yes and no. Well, when I was a kid, I started out, um, at one point, I got a little chubby. And my mother taught me how to feel good about myself by what I wear. And we didn't have much money. So I learned how to get dressed at Lowman's. And if anyone remembers Lowman's back in the day, it was a designer discount store where it was just one big mishmash and all the clothes were on a rack and the labels were ripped out. So you can only identify them by a few dangling threads because no one wanted to know how cheap they were. And 
so what happened was in Lomans, I was able to learn how to dress my body by just not knowing, by checking out seaming and construction on what popped out in this this big mishmash of a of a, a rack. And my mom was like in, on the fashion board in high school, and then she went into a different direction, accounting of all things as she, when she got older. So I always had this love for fashion. My father started out in advertising, and when it got to my time to be in college, to go to college, my parents put their foot down, particularly my mother, and the quote unquote was no daughter of mine will ever be in fashion. There's <gasps> no money. <laughs> I don't want you working in the garment center. No way. And at that time, you know, there wasn't even a thing called a stylist. It was, you know, they had, that was on a magazine shoot you know, as part of being, in, you know, on in, in the editorial board. There wasn't any freelance work. So I ended up getting a business degree, which I love because remember I grew up, my dad was in advertising and I grew up on advertising jingles and loved all that stuff. And I got a business degree in marketing and I loved it. And I was probably, you know, one of the most stylish business students there were. <laughs> and um, I got out of school and I went into PR and my, my first job was a freelance job writing a press release for a manhole cover epoxy. So, you know, <laughs> That's not glamorous. exactly <laughs> right, but it was fun. I mean, I got a kick out of it. And then I, my first job in college was working for a plastics trade magazine and I was a terrible typist and I had to keep typing like polypropylene, which was for me like the most difficult thing <laughs> to type. So I did that for a while and I started out in PR and, you know, I did everything my parents said about not being in fashion. And, and at a certain point it um it was bugging me and i i got my the job i was in sort of they, they were re redoing everything and i managed to leave it to severance pay as you know being like you know in my early 20s which was very cool and i became a stylist not by choice but by like living going to the gym three hours a day and living off this money and going okay what do i do when i grow up and one of my friends who's an art director said hey you want to come to saint martin and be a stylist on a photo shoot for three weeks i'm like oh yeah so i went <laughs> And they did it. And then I came back and friends kept saying, oh, you're a stylist. We could book you. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah I'm a stylist. And it lasted 15 years. So I guess, no, it's, you know, so my brain works in business, which people don't really understand. It's like, I really have a business brain. Style comes naturally to me, but I really like get excited about marketing. And obviously when you talk about reinvention, I started reinventing my career from, you know, the time I was 21. So I, it's just, I'm a marketing geek. I love business and style happens to be my beat. So, you know, same thing if I'm doing manhole cover epoxy, it's, you know, the same, the same techniques apply as to a great pair of shoes. Yeah. Well, it's interesting, you know, that what you said that sort of fashion was kind of in your blood and you tried all these other things, uh, but it kept coming back to you. And then you had that opportunity and you said yes. And it kind of all unfolded from there. Exactly. I know a lot of people try to um, try to dismiss the thing that they're most passionate about because of exactly what you said, like their parents tell them there's no money in it. You really need to do this, that or the other thing. Um, but it's always there and eventually it's going to come out and it's, it's going to be the thing that's, that makes you the happiest um, when you apply all your other skills to it. Right. And you can make a career out of it if it's something that you really, really care about. 
Absolutely. But what's also interesting is now, as I'm later in my career, I realize that what I'm really, I don't know, I, I hate to use passion because I don't know another word that I use, but it's like the thing that really drives me is the business end, the marketing end, the branding end, because I do that more than I do fashion. I mean, I will, I run my own business. I've got people who work with me. It's just like, uh, people don't realize it, but I really know like SEO and code. I had to, I've had this website since 99. So now what I'm really finding myself wanting to do more and getting more excited about is working with other entrepreneurs and small business owners and helping them find their own celebrity brand image from a business standpoint as well. So it all does come full circle. So I'm using everything I've done from you know my three decades of working into helping people because it's not a separation of, of church and state. It's like what you know, what do you feel the most drawn to? And right now I, I you know. I feel really drawn to helping people with their 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 brand image and fashion and style and how you're perceived and pro how you project yourself is part of it. So it all needs to come together. And that's what's so difficult for so many people to understand that it really is all one. I mean, I may be a two-headed monster with like a style fashion on one side and a business marketing on another side, but it's not, it's still me in the middle and me in the middle is really how everyone needs to look at their business especially with the internet where, you know, we're all seen as our own celebrities online because our pictures are next to celebrities on our Facebook feed. So we deserve to be the face of our brand and to be in our own star power. So it's that fine line between business branding and marketing and style. And, you know, to me, it's all more, it's this, like if you're doing SEO or you're talking about shoes, you know, you, you could look good doing either one and it could be on the mark. Yeah, totally. Well, you know, business and business is an evolution, right? Just like life. I mean, you yeah. start out someplace and you and you follow follow what's going on in the world and and your individual interests and uh, it leads you in different places. So in your bio, it says having an amazing life is well balanced in all aspects from your style, your business, your beauty, your world. It all comes together in a way that best reflects your true happiness and success. And I totally resonated with that because when I work with my clients, we start with defining their ideal life and then working backwards to figure out a business or career path that will get them there. And one of the first things that I find is a really big step for people, especially if they're coming into entrepreneurship for the first time, is seeing themselves differently. And if, mm -hmm. you know, if you're a mom who's coming back to working or an employee who wants to be their own boss, the image, not just that you present to the world, but that you have in your head is a big factor in how you're able to move forward to success. So what advice would you give to people about finding that new image? And you use the term, you know, personal brand so that it doesn't feel fake and it feels like an authentic representation of who they are, but on a higher level that reflects their value to their potential customers. I think it's, an, you know, you have to think about what drives you, what gets you excited. So, you know, I grew up with with advertising jingles on a record and I always thought they were really kind of cool. And I was always interested in that. And I'm still always interested in, in advertising and I'm reading an advertising book right now. And then I'm always interested in style. I'm also interested in home design, not enough to become an interior designer, but I've renovated a, a several homes and I've staged several homes. So you have to think about what 
drives you? What do you like to do? You know, if somebody didn't pay you to do what you like to do, what would you be doing? I'd still be having one nose on marketing and advertising and one nose on fashion, you know? So it's like, what do you really like to do? And if you've been doing that a long time, that could be your next calling in life. You know, if you're the one who's always making these incredible easy to prepare healthy snacks for your kids for years. Maybe that's your direction to go into with some kind of nutrition or some kind of, you know, little bake shop or home goods or, or having a blog on cooking or something, you know, so it's like, what, what, what is driving you and how can you take your quote unquote real experience and, and tweak it to go into what really drives you right now? And then the other thing that I think it's really so silly, it, it's just, it bugs me every time, is to, in one of the points of staying relevant, and I always say that, you know, as you get to a certain point in your life and you change your careers, you need to know about your ROI. And that ROI is not exactly your return on investment, but it's being relevant on the mark and interesting. So mm. when you hear these people and they're talking about what they can't do and they're saying, oh, the computer, oh, I, can't, I, I, I don't know how to get on Facebook. Oh, 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 I have email. I, I don't know. Did it like, did I send it? And when you're acting really feeble on something that is so instrumental to the way the entire world works these days, like the internet you're shooting yourself in the foot. You're holding yourself back because you've just decided for yourself that you're not relevant, you can't get ahead, and you're going to stay in your quagmire, and you're never going to get out of it. So I think not only do you need to look for something that drives you, that interests you, even if you wouldn't be getting paid to do it, but you also need to be able to stay on top of what's going on in the world right now. And for a lot of people in switching careers, the internet is like a big stepping stone. You know, it's not that hard. Three-year-olds could get online. You know, it's just setting the mind instead of saying, I can't. It's like, oh, darn, I, this is fun. Everyone's doing it. Let me see how this works. Well, and a personal brand is actually easier to create because of the internet. Absolutely. Um, but, but so let's say, so you and I have both been in numerous coaching programs. And one of the first things coaches tell you to do is raise your prices, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> but for a lot of people, they're not really reflecting that value in the way they present themselves. Oh God, we could, we could do a whole show on that. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, how, how should someone go about kind of tweaking their personal brand and, and stepping up to um, that higher value and, and presenting that to people um, as their image, you know, out in the business world? Well, one of the things is there's a survey, and a study, and I think it's wrong <laughs> because I think it's a lot more. But the study shows, and I think would believe it was in Scientific American, that 55% of your perception is based on image. So, mm -hmm. If you are saying, and we know we go to these events and we see people and they're like, oh, I'm a transformational financial strategist for women 
over 55 and I can help you transform. And you're like, oh, I don't even know what that means, number one. And number two, you're talking about finance and you're wearing a pair of leggings with camel toe and a sweater that's all pilled. And your hair and makeup kind of look like your 1982 yearbook photo. And I don't buy it. So <laughs> that's actually an amalgamation of three people I can think of. You know? But anyway, so the thing is, and you don't want to be like so flashy, like you're the crazy cat lady either. So what happens is part of it is it's building your own personal brand, your own, and I like to call it like your own star power, your own celebrity brand. Because what happens is, is again, on that Facebook feed, as in life, you are standing there next to people who've got it going on. And the one thing is when, as an entrepreneur, and you take all these business coaching programs, and you're like, how come I'm doing all these strategies, all these tactics, all these things? And they told me if I learned how to do this funnel and I learned how to get my elevator speech and I learned how to do a landing page, I would have this success and I'm not doing it. Well, like, look at the person who you're, you're paying the big bucks to. Don't, they look polished and professional. They could be an actress. They could be a talk show host. They could be a marketing coach, but they looked polished and professional. They're standing in their own star power. They have created their own celebrity brands. You know, there's celebrity brands like, you know, J-Lo started a celebrity brand. Obviously, the Kardashians. I mean, even Sharon Stone had stuff. Any kind of celebrity who has a business has is a celebrity brand. And then there's celebrity brands, like when you look at someone like even Oprah, she's probably the first of a celebrity brand or Martha Stewart. And they're mm -hmm. kind of in a crossover because they're not actresses and they're, they are slightly educational. And then you get to marketing people like Suzanne Evans, who we, we all know when she does her stuff and she looks totally glam in her photos and, you know, real in another life. Marie Forleo, she used to be my instruct, my gym instructor at the Crunch Across the street from me, you know, and she looks very glam and beautiful. Someone like Allie Brown, who always looks very blonde and well put together, even a Shalene Johnson, who's she's from Orange County, and she's got that, you know, Cali kind of look about her, but they all look very glamorous in their way. And they look like somebody that you say, well, I want to look like that. I want their life. I want to invest in them because they look professional, relevant. Mm -hmm. Remember, ROI, relevant, on the mark, interesting. So you see all these people and they go in all these strategies and then all these things and then they have their their headshot come up or they have some, uh, I, I love when they do Facebook lives and you like, there's a pile of garbage behind you and you're wearing like some like cheesy t-shirt that you got at the store you know with the, the their logo on it and there's you're sitting there and you're telling me that you charge three hundred dollars an hour and that you're a pro no you're not you know mm -hmm. so you need to look the part because so much of it is based on perception and if you feel good you will also sound better if you feel good about how you look. And there's another study about that too, a scientific study that says that there is a definite reaction into how you dress, how it affects your your personality, your words, what comes out of your mouth. You know, so it's just, I'm, I'm actually looking for the exact stat on it, but you know, it's basically that something really, something biological happens to you when you feel like you're putting on a snazzy outfit and you look like a new person. So don't you want to A, feel good, 
be perceived as someone who knows their stuff and look mm -hmm. like a leader. You know, so if you've had a job before where you were in your cubicle and what you wore didn't matter, or you had an office job where you weren't online and nobody saw you, you can get away with it. But as you're transforming your life, again, it's like knowing the internet. It's part of staying relevant. And part of staying relevant as a business person is to be the face of your brand. And as the face of the brand, you need to be your own celebrity brand because guess what? You are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and something else, you know, you have to know your ideal client, right? Exactly. Because and if you, you are... You have to relate to them and be a few steps ahead of them. Yes, and you have to look like them. Because, you know, I live in Seattle where, you know, if you go into any kind of meeting dressed like you would in New York, they're not going to trust you because we're very casual here. I mean, even at the symphony, people wear jeans. So, you know, if you come in dressed to the nines, people are going to go, huh, I don't know. Doesn't well, look you know, like you really well, get well, me, you, well, know? you know? I have that place in Wyoming. So like, you know, you can't get more, more off the fashion map than Wyoming probably. <laughs> but, you know, I don't think New Yorkers get that dress. I'm a downtown girl. I would spend my entire life not below 14th or 23rd Street. So even in downtown, it's very casual. People wear like sneakers with dresses, but they're the right sneakers, you know? They're right. the ones that make you look cool. They're not the athletic ones. People wear cool shoes. People are much more casual in a stylized way. And then if you go uptown, I mean, I'm always amazed every time I go to Bloomingdale's and I love their frozen yogurt and I go in there 40 carats and I have my frozen yogurt and I sit there and I'm like, oh my God, all these women with all those bad too tight facelifts and all the jewelry and the furs and the it's like I'm on another planet and then you can go to the Upper West Side where you know where Seinfeld was based and they still look like the schlumpy extras from Seinfeld in some cases so you know there are different areas but for me it's just looking modern and relevant and where I live you know between Soho and Tribeca and Union Square it's very in New York it's very I don't know. It's casual, but it's nice. It's stylish. Yeah, you can still be put together even when you're casual, yeah, right? Totally. And I mean, relevant. I, yeah, I wear jeans almost every day. I'm wearing jeans and a sweatshirt actually today, but it's a it's a designer sweatshirt and it's got little silver grommets on it, you know. But <laughs> and I, I walked out today and I wore ankle boots with a two inch heel. You know, that was when I was nice and a nice trench coat. Mm -hmm. And I look pretty, you know, I, I was casual. Well, but that's another thing, you know, always expect to run into your client, right? Um, even when you're just running out to the grocery store, because you never know who you're going to meet, right? Yeah, I mean, and then I, I always hope no one ever sees me in Wyoming. <laughs> but, you know, but that's not true, because, you know, when we do go out, I do, you know, I will, I'll wear my outdoor stuff, but it's nice outdoor stuff. You know, it's funny, when we were there last week, my husband and I took the dog out, and he was like, come on, come on, come on. And I'm like, okay. And, you know, we went just went to the coffee shop in our little area. And I'm like, oh, my God, if anyone saw me, I'm wearing, like, not 
uh, these, but you know, snow boots that are kind of like shearling like that because it was a snowstorm. I threw leggings under my nightgown, but my nightgown is really like a cotton summer dress, but I just wear it as a nightgown. And then I had like a polo <laughs> police top and a coat. But then I said, oh my God. So I put my hair in a ponytail and I had a hat on, but I put on like big Celine sunglasses and a nice scarf. So I'm like, there you okay, go. You Instant glamour. Me, yeah, if you see me, I kind of look good, but I knew I had this like homeless person's outfit on and <laughs> I'm wearing like, everything I own. Everything I own. And I'm just, I'm walking the dog, but it was cold. So the thing is, yeah, you do have the dog walking clothes, but you just learn how to like, you know, make it look a little better when you think you're going to run into someone. Like yeah. put on the good sunglasses, put your hair in a ponytail. Don't wear it like a mess. And never, you know, if I'm, like I said, I'm wearing a sweatshirt now, but it's a, it's a French good designer sweatshirt. Like you could wear a sweatshirt. You could even wear like a gray standard sweatshirt. If you're wearing it with the right cut jeans and kind of cute boots underneath and maybe a scar a big scarf wrapped around your neck, it could kind of look cool and offhanded. So it's all style is on how you put things together. So you can be casual and you can wear utilitarian pieces, but it's how you put it together, how they fit and, and you know, what the, the head to toe image is. Is it, is it just look, does it look snappy or does it look fluffy? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I'd like to add to that list of people you called out before, Sandra Yancey from eWomen Network, because she also is always beautifully put together. And I'm sure that you've read uh, Think and Grow Rich, right? Mm -hmm. I think every all of us have, and if, if anyone hasn't, you should. Um, but it's the impression of increase, right, that people are attracted to. It's mm -hmm. you have to you have to give people the impression that what you have is something that they want so that they can up level. Right. Exactly. And so um, that's part of it. And part of the image that as a business person, you have to you have to convey to people if you are going to expect them to spend serious money with you. And the other thing is, you also need to put yourself into a way where you're not, you're not too overdone hoity toity that you are turning people off at first, you know, we first impressions are lasting impressions. So the first impression you make is you don't want to look, you don't want to look schleppy and messy and dated because what happens is when someone looks at you and you don't look relevant in your appearance, they're going to instantly assume that whatever comes out of your mouth is not relevant and you're just not someone to listen to because you look like you've been living under a rock. Now, if they're going to see you and you're like so judged up and you look like you are attacked by the bedazzler, you know, and you're wearing a million... <laughs> crazy colors and like your hair is like so overquaffed and you're wearing 13 pairs of false eyelashes and lip liner and gloss and you know you look like it took you hours to get yourself put together they're also going to assume that you know you're a little you're a little insecure you know and you're hiding behind all that stuff so do you really know with what you're talking about you know with the french have it in this way of this effortless offhanded chic where you know the parisians 
everything about them is just so, but you always look, it's not just so, it's it's a very calculated not just so. Like their mm -hmm. hair is not overdone. They're not wearing heavy makeup. It's just, if they're wearing one thing that's very done up, the something else on them is very undone. So it seems natural. So it appears effortless. And that little yin and yang balance of knowing what's right is really what makes you much more approachable to people. And that's mm -hmm. something that's very key when, when you're in business and you're networking. So you don't want to be so standoffish that, you know, people are afraid to go near you. You don't want to be so neurotically overdone that they're, it's just, it makes you look insecure and you don't want to be like a schlepper because if you don't look relevant, they're going to assume that nothing comes out of your mouth is relevant. So you can't look dated. You can't look sloppy. Right. So going back to uh, the internet, which is where a lot of people have their business presence these days. Um, I know that you uh, have been working on something about headshots. And right. I, you know, I remember the first time that I had my headshots done. And it's, it's actually quite a confidence booster, because if it's done well, it really, it you know, you look at it and you go, oh yeah, okay, I I would work with her, <laughs> you know, because and it helps you again going back to seeing yourself in a different way, you know, when you're trying to build a business or start a business or up level your business, um, you really need to in your own mind see yourself as the person who who is uh, worthy, right, of Absolutely. that business, yeah. and so. Um, Give us just a quick one or two tips on on headshots. First of all, I, I think you agree that they're very important. So tell us why. Yeah, well, the, the program you're talking about is something I'm working on right now. It's called Simply Amazing Headshots. And if you want to get on the, the launch list, it's simplyamazingheadshots.com. And I was a stylist, as I said, for 15 years. And I did a lot of folk magazine covers, including Vogue covers. And what happens is, is that that's what makes you buy, right? You go to a mat, you're walking past this overcrowded newsstand and you see the magazine cover and you go, oh, that looks interesting. And then you'll maybe read the font. Well, it's the same thing when it comes to someone scrolling down Facebook or looking down LinkedIn or looking at your picture on a TELUS Summit page with 15 other people or wherever your picture appears. And as you're doing maybe a, a lunch and learn or a breakout session, so they're like, they look at you, we live in a very visual world and they'll say, okay, I wanna work with her or not. You know, what does she look like? So I find that so many people either have horrible headshots or they look like they went to the Sears portrait studio and they have these really weird, you know, just because someone claims they're a professional photographer, that doesn't mean that they're a professional photographer, you know, because it's <laughs> where, are the st where are you professional? Because if you were a really good photographer, you probably wouldn't be working in the big box store portrait studio. So what I found is, is that it's, you know, it's partly about composition. It's about what you wear, what you tweak, how you light yourself. And when I did my style word book, I, I did my own photos myself. I did everything. And then I sent it to someone on Upwork to retouch for eight bucks a piece. And I'm like, okay, well, if it's so easy for me to do, let me teach other people because there's, you should know what to expect when you go to a photographer, if you choose to do that. And then you should know how to do it yourself because not only do you need that one headshot, you have photos online all the time. I mean, we, we, you know, like it or not, we're taking pictures of ourselves. People are taking pictures of us 
So you should at least learn if you have a blog post or you have to do, let's say this was a yoga show, right? And I'm like, oh my God, I got it. We should, I should look a little more yoga y. You know, you should <laughs> learn how to like put yourself together to take a picture that conveys the image you want very easily. So one of the first things when you're doing your headshot is you need to make sure it looks like you, but a little bit better because you don't want to be so perfect perfect and retouch that when you walk in the room people are like where is she did she show up yet you know i don't see and you're like hi it's me and like no that's not you all right that doesn't that's look you. like you oh, kind of like those dating site photos right, right? <laughs> and it's the same thing that's another place you use your picture if you're dating you know you don't want to be the swipe left you don't want to be the one when they go to meet you for coffee they're like oh my god i gotta go i'm sorry i just got an emergency <laughs> you know? so you kind of still need to look like you but a little bit enhanced not a lot but enough and be be okay with retouching magazine covers are retouching we're, we're used to retouching in society so but we don't want to look like someone else but you don't want to have hairs in your face like i know with a lot of women like they have these really hard crow's feet in the middle of their eyes and it's like that makes you look mean and hard you could still keep i'm not crow's feet with a brow fur what are those things called between your eyes when you get those big lines but those those lines you know what i'm talking about when you're squinting is those too big mm. oh, yeah. <laughs> between your, but that makes you in a photo that makes you look really mean so something like now i'm not telling you to go get botox it's lighting does a lot of things lighting is great you know i do these quick tip videos and i was going to do one before and i'm like this is a great spot. I was walking, I had the Empire State Building behind me. I'm like, let me go do a quick one on my phone. I'm like, wow, that lighting is really bad. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so I moved a bit and I'm like, hmm, I could either look good and not have the Empire State Building or I could look like a old shriveled up prune and have the Empire State Building. Well, guess which one I did. No, the, no <laughs> Empire, Empire State yeah. Building. <laughs> See you later, honey. The light's not working for me. So, you know, it's as simple as that, as knowing your light. And if you have a good picture and you're looking a little hard, soften it a little bit. Don't take them away, those lines away completely, but make them not look so hard and then mm -hmm. also is what you wear you know make sure that you're wearing something that's really simple that's not distracting but again on that roi relevant on the market interesting maybe you turn your collar a certain way maybe you're holding your hand a certain way against your face where the cuff of your sleeve is bent out and it creates a linear line that that is just attractive on the page so it's the composition of the shot and and little elements of you know, something could be as beautiful as a white shirt. One of my favorite headshots of all time is of Martha Stewart wearing a man-tailed white shirt. And it is so gorgeous. And it's just the way the shirt, collar, cuff is turned. It is that simple. So it's, mm -hmm. it's knowing those those few elements of and, and looking like you and staying modern and and, under, and knowing your, your good sides. You know, I have a horrible side and I have a good side. One side I look fat and old, the other side I'm like, oh, look at these cheekbones. <laughs> so it's like, no, and everybody's face is like that. Everyone has a better side. So when you're doing these things, learn your better side, learn your better angles. And, you know, it's it's still you, but you don't always have to show the bad part of you, show the fabulous part of you. Right. right. So and you, and you can do it yourself. But what happens is as we're doing our photos, we realize 
Maybe your clothes are dated. Maybe my eyeglasses are really frumpy and convey, make me look like a librarian from the 80s. You know, maybe my hair really needs to be tweaked in the last five years and I should do it. So what happens is we look at ourselves and it becomes a litmus test for other updates we need in our life, in our style. And that's why I said this whole branding, business, personality, it all goes together because it's like you got a dirty spot on your wall and you're like, oh, look at that white wall. Somebody got a fingerprint. Let me let me just touch that up. And you're like, wow, that looks like a now I see that. And now I see that. And the next thing you know, you just repainted the whole room. So, right. you know, <laughs> so you have to, you know, realize that the, do it in increments, but it all goes. Everything is goes into your celebrity brand package. It's all you. Mm hmm. Absolutely. So we're almost out of time, but I'd like to ask you to share one book or resource that changed your life that you'd recommend to our listeners. Oh, um, actually, it's it's the book I'm reading right now, which I love. I have so many yellow highlight pens on it. And, and good thing, I didn't know you were going to ask me. It has to be on my <laughs> desk. It's And it's really good. It's a couple of years old. And I told you I geek out on advertising books, right? Mm -hmm. It's called Seducing Strangers. How to get people to buy what you're selling. Hmm. The Little mm -hmm. Black Book of Advertising Secrets by John Weltman, the co-producer of Mad Man, and forward by John Hamm. But it's it's a really cool book, and um, and it has some fabulous examples in it. I love I love it. I'm almost through that. I started on a plane last week, and I'm like, my God, this flight was so short. And I'm like, oh, I like the book that much because it wow. seemed really long going out there when I was reading something else. <laughs> <laughs> well, awesome! What a great recommendation. So I think that's all the time we have. Um, this has been really fun. Thanks for providing such great information. Oh, I'm Thank getting some you. feedback. Um, if people want to find out more, I know you have a free gift on your website. Tell us how we can get that. Sure. If you go to focusonstyle.com, that's my website. So go to focusonstyle.com forward slash insiders, I-N-S-I-D-E-R-S. -S, and um, at focusonstyle.com forward slash insiders, you always get my latest freebie gift. And right now it's a free course called the Style Incubator. So it's a $247 course that you can get for free right now. And um, whenever you go there, it will always have my latest and greatest gift. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Sharon Haver, focusonstyle.com slash insiders for the latest from Sharon. Thank you, Kate. This was so much fun. I am so sorry about that uh, echo that was just on there. I don't know where that came from, so I do apologize, and I hope you're still with me. We were having so much fun, I forgot to break for a commercial. So I'm going to do that right now, and when we come back, I will tell you about next week's show. Hi, I'm Sandra Yancey, founder and CEO of eWomen Network. Are you ready to rise up and share all your greatness to the world? Stop playing small and settling for mediocrity? If so, then you need to join us at our eWomen Network Entrepreneur Conference and Business Expo in Dallas this year, August 3rd through the 5th. There will be hundreds of women entrepreneurs from all over the world waiting to meet you to share knowledge, wisdom, and even partnerships. Get ready to be coached by me and learn from other multi-million dollar speakers who will teach, inspire, motivate, and guide you 
to transform your thinking from small to big. And you can't beat the food and fun at our Saturday night dance party either. Look, no one makes it alone, so it's time to stop trying to be the COE, chief of everything, and step into your role as CEO. There is nothing like the E-Women Network Conference to bring out your genius and help you take action on living your dream. Register at eWomenNetwork.com. Thanks for joining us. Back now with your host, Kate Fessler. Welcome back to Change, Redefining Success. I'm Kate Fessler. I hope you enjoyed this week's program. If there's a particular topic you'd be interested in hearing about, go to my Facebook page, First Class Life Solutions, and let me know. Next week, my guest will be Karen Lynn Maher. Karen is a top authority on mentoring CEO leaders through the self-publishing process. She is founder and CEO of Legacy One Executive Communications, a Seattle-based leadership communications firm. A skilled, entertaining, and accessible speaker, she has presented at prestigious organizations and serves as content and communications expert on conference panels. Karen is author of Expert Book, Planning Made Simple, The Best Ever Guide to Writing Your Book, and co-author of Expert Book, Marketing Made Simple, Publicizing and Promoting Your Book. I hope you'll join me. Until then, here's to your authentic first-class life. I'm Kate Fessler. Thanks for listening to Change, Redefining Success. This is the EWN Podcast Network.